Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where me, Matt, Kate, and Adrian look at the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you, wherever you listen. And if you want to support us more, come check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash butwhythoughpc. Enjoy! Welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, and today we are talking about the Netflix animated series, BoJack Horseman. As always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And Jason Flat is our special guest today. Hi. Yeah, that's me. I'm here. <laughs> Why don't you tell people where they can find you at the moment? Find me, you know, roaming around. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> same places you find Matt, like on the, on the internet. On the internet. Not, uh, <laughs> at one point, I had a podcast. I don't really do that anymore. But you can follow me on Twitter, I guess. You know, ladder underscore you. I say funny things sometimes. People like it. I write for Retro's app. I do that too. Um, well, see, there we go. That's there we, a thing. There's something.com. I write about movies and comic books and other random things that I think about. Video games occasionally. If you. All the pop yeah. culture things. He's living that retired podcast yeah, life. you know, I, I'm collecting my pension, <laughs> living large. <laughs> Does that just mean you don't lose money now? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I still, I still have the uh, the domain name for another like eight months, so oh. just have to remember to <laughs> cancel it next year. <laughs> okay, so uh, Matt will be leading this episode today, so I'm handing over the anthropomorphic horse reins to him. Yes, <clears throat> and so today we're going to talk about BoJack Horseman, and I guess we, as always, we start with a question and or two, and my question for you guys are, have you ever seen BoJack, and I guess, are you a fan of the TV show? Can I start, because I really want to say I don't care, something. who starts? Back in the 90s, I was on a very famous TV show. That's not what I was expecting to start with, but okay. <laughs> no, it has really great music. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I have binged all of BoJack Horseman. I'm kind of watching some episodes selectively right now um, before the new season comes out. Uh, I love it. And I am a fan of the quote-unquote TV show, both in the show and the show itself. Uh <laughs> I think that the characters are very, very relatable. Don't know how much that says about me, but they're extremely relatable. Uh, but yeah, that's me. That's where I fall on it. Um, I'll, I'll go next. I do want to say, I always love how Matt's questions are just always straightforward. Like, you like this? Cool. <laughs> it's really all the information he ever needs. Yeah, it's all the information he ever needs. And even like, when Kate tries to, you know, do a more in-depth question, it always just goes back to, I like this thing. This is how long I've liked this <laughs> thing. 
So he made the false to his own. Or I don't like this thing. Back in my day, it was this way. Here's my resume on what I know or what I don't know, and that's all you need to know. It's harder to quantify emotions. A yes, no, you can just one one or zero. (laughs) Then you gotta like five point scale for do you like this? Do you not? Like (laughs) what version of that thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of BoJack Horseman. I've watched all of the show as well. I'll probably do be doing a rewatch uh, before the um, next season comes out. So, I mean, I don't know if there's really much of this in. I'm sure we'll get into kind of like why I like the show a little bit later. But yeah, I'm a big fan. Awesome, awesome. And now time for our guest. We brought you on here for a reason. <laughs> Tell us why. Big, big fan. <laughs> I've never seen BoJack Horseman, but I've watched the show. Um, <laughs> I'd like to meet him someday. Big fan. I really, back in the '80s, he was he was my my hero. Um, <laughs> no, um, I watched the whole thing for the first time last year. I think in like the spring, I thought that it was the stupidest show ever when I first heard about it when it first came out because I was like, "What is this dumb animated show about talking animals? That can't possibly be good." That's like. It's not not usually my kind of humor. Like I don't I don't like the like you know, Family Guy, like South Park kind of comedy animated shows. And I thought this was in that kind of vein. But then I watched it on a total whim. I don't even remember why. And I was like, wait, no, this is this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I watched the whole thing in like three days. The four the four, the four seasons that were out of the time, and then I've been rewatching it the last few days in preparation for talking about it and for a new season coming out and i discovered there was a christmas special also didn't know that just watched yes. that 10 minutes yes. ago <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's some good stuff so i'm like with you jason like i actually when it first was announced and everything i was like this looks stupid and i'm never gonna watch this probably and i didn't really care for it and then i think it ended up being one of the times where it was like I need something to go to bed, and as everybody knows on Netflix, they pretty much removed a lot of their stuff, or at least a lot of stuff that I used to watch to go to sleep to, and so I was like, well, I don't have anything, dang, I'm just going to throw it on here. And then, started throwing it on here, I realized, it started out a little slow, which we'll kind of get into, and then after, like, while, like, the <clears throat> end of the, like, started kicking up in the first season, I was like, this show's amazing. And then I pretty much kind of, like, you watch the entire thing, and, like, a few days. I think that if I had watched the, the first season, like, when it came out, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. Like, if I only watched just yeah. the one season and not continued after that, and I think I literally just, like, saw someone say on Twitter, like, Bojack's Horseman Season 4, oh my god, like, this is the best show ever, and someone was probably talking about why it was good, and I was like, wait, I didn't know that was what this show's about, and then I watched it. But the first season, like you just said, is, like, it's a little slower. They make a lot of really, like, jokes that I'm that make me uncomfortable in the way that if I didn't understand the rest of the context of the show I'd be like you why are you making holocaust jokes that's not funny but like understanding that it's it's not because they think it's funny it's because of the character like and who Bojack yeah. is like that makes it uncomfortable in the way that it's supposed to make you uncomfortable and not in an inappropriate way so I would have hated it if I just watched that but coming to know purpose of the show i'm like oh i'm uncomfortable and i and i like it yeah. 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 I, i'm like a, like kind of like with what you said like there's a lot of it where like it's super cringy but it's supposed to be and it's never about like 
Ma- it, it's like the opposite of like Family Guy or South Park humor. Like it's not just there to be there. Like it's all telling you about the character himself, kind of like how Archer is. Like Archer is extremely offensive, but none of those jokes are supposed to be glorified. It's to show you just how crappy those characters are, um, and give more insight to it. Yeah. So before we like decide to take the whole show off right now in our introduction, let's get into like some about the show. <laughs> But, uh, so I'll give a little quick synopsis about the show. Obviously, it's American adult animated comedy slash drama, I guess, whatever that exactly means. Netflix original show that takes place in Hollywood. And I just wanted to say that because somebody stole the D to give to his wife. <laughs> as a romantic gesture. <laughs> um, it revolves around a washed-up 90s, 1990s sitcom star who just wants to make it back to relevancy. Basically, Bojack Horseman. It's in an alternate world where normal people and, as we kind of mentioned, an anthropomorphic animals living together. It's kind of weird how they do it, but I think they do a really good job of it because you never know whether you're going to get a human or just like a frog. But they all seem to take on their characteristics. Um, As far as like the main character, Bojack Horseman, I just kind of wanted to say this because we kind of brought up a little bit of like touch and thing. Probably the best quote I found of like description of him. So obviously this is not my description. This is the best one I found. Uh, basically, Bojack Horseman's a self-loathing alcoholic horse currently in his 50s whose acting career peaked when he starred in a successful 90s family sitcom called Horsin' Around. Though he began as a young, bright-eyed actor, he has since grown bitter, deeply depressed, and jaded towards Hollywood, and who and who he has become post-fame. Bojack has been shown to be caring and insightful, but his insecurities, loneliness, and desperate need for approval awful often result in self-destructive actions that devastate those around him. So basically, he's real. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the majority <laughs> of 50s Hollywood stars. Yeah. About as real as you can get there. But I really enjoyed that uh, description of him, so I wanted to say it. So, so a quick background uh, on the show. Obviously, it started in 2014. It's still running. It was created by Raphael. Is that how you spell Raphael? Raphael. Yeah. Raphael Bob Watskyberg. 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 Um, and he he basically a younger guy in the 30s. He was uh, basically the son of uh, some Russian Jewish immigrants who immigrated to the U.S. And then he also has ADHD, so he kind of like knows like going through like when it comes to a lot of his writing and stuff. And in March, he actually signed a deal to do another show on Amazon called Undone which is supposed to be about to do the same genre. So it's going to break your heart and make you laugh at the same time. Yeah. Uh, another tidbit about the show, the illustrator Lisa Hanawit Walt. I don't know how to pronounce. Sorry about these Hannah Walt. Hannah Walt basically inspired his drawing to create BoJack, and she actually he basically hired her to be the show produce, pr- production designer and producer. So he basically hung out with an illustrator uh, while doing a class it premiered and uh as i said before it premiered in 2014 has four seasons with 49 episodes season five premieres september 14th 2018 so it'll be the following week after this episode is released uh the main cast consists of will arnett who plays bojack horseman allison brie who plays diane nguyen huh diane nguyen diane nguyen uh amy sedaris mm-hmm. who yep. plays princess carolyn aaron paul who plays todd Ch- chavez and Paul F. Tompkins, Tompkins? Yes, Paul F. Tompkins. Who plays Mr. Peanut Butter, and yes, that is one word. And as far as its rating-wise, it's got an 8.5 on IMDb, and it basically basically states it's anywhere between the 137th to the 211th 
rated show of all time, depending on how they do that, their weird system, of they're all rated the same way. It's also only been out for four years, so give it some time to climb up those charts. Yeah, so basically well, I mean, we'll talk I about, would, like... I mean, I would say, like, even, like, in the scope of, like, all of the TV shows that have ever been existed, ever, like, 137 for four years is still pretty good, I think. For a Netflix animated TV show, like, I think that's yeah. pretty good. Even as it's so you weird. put it that way. Pretty yeah. pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it actually says it's 211, but it has the same rating as, like, 137. So I don't know how uh, they, like, okay. December. Yeah, yeah. However many number difference that is way tied. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> so it's, like, tied. Why is it tied? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely higher than a Bojack. Or Secretariat. Awards. They actually won eight various awards, with four of them being Best Animated Series in its four years. But as we said before, kind of remember this is an animated uh, Netflix show, and therefore it kind of, besides like House of Cards and Orange and New Black, nothing really like wins for Netflix. Yeah, and also like now at this point, award award shows and like award academies and like whoever like the voting people really don't like that Netflix is producing the content it is, and usually tends to tank their stuff or ask that they not be included. So, yeah, that's why that for eight. That's why the defenders got huh? such a bad re- review. <laughs> it's the academy's talk- fault. You throw- <laughs> I was like, I don't remember if we gave that. Such no, a no, no, no. In general, the academy oh, tanked okay. it. It's all their fault. <laughs> I think it has a thirty-eight percentile. Oh yeah, as far it does. as like, it's one of the worst-rated like Netflix shows. Yeah. No, that might be Iron Fist. Sh- but I'm sure it was the critics' fault and not no. Iron Fist at all. No. But, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much a brief summary of the actual show itself. And so that's, I just kind of wanted to go over, give a little logistics on it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything that anybody would like to add to that brief little summary. Well, I just think, I mean, I mean the only thing that I, I think that just the last three seasons are just like super highly rated. Like, probably yeah. some of the highest that you're going to see for. Uh, anime, or a TV show in general, but like definitely like an a- adult animated TV show, especially since there's so many of them out now. Um, like you said, like in the beginning, that first season kind of hurt it a little bit, but like the rest of it being in like in the 90s and hundreds, like that's just crazy, super super crazy. Yeah, and it's show. also and it's also really good to see like people love it and like it is rated highly because like everything about the show, like Jason mentioned, it just it everything makes me uncomfortable. Like I didn't want to watch it because I hate that animation. Like, the animation itself makes me uncomfortable, um, but it all works, which, like, just to see that it actually has, like, that wide appeal with such, like, targeted content, like, inside, like, it seems like something that wouldn't, you know, reach a whole bunch unless we're all just very depressed millennials and we're keeping it afloat, which is a possibility. I just feel like I don't, I don't know anyone that's, like, watched the entire show and not said, yeah. It's really great. Like plenty of people, plenty yeah. of people start it and don't don't like it at first and don't continue, or they're like, "Nah, it's not for me," which is like very understandable. But I don't know anyone that's watched all four seasons and not not enjoyed watching it, which I guess is like kind oh, of yeah. self fulfilling because if you're gonna watch the whole thing, of course you like it. But also, then again, people watch stuff that they hate, and so <laughs> it's oh, just, I definitely hate watching. Most people things. are just like anyone that I know that's watched it is like. They really enjoy it when they when they actually get yeah. past the first few few episodes. I also think like the subject matter is just too heavy for you to watch if you don't like it. 
Yeah. Which I know about will cover. So speaking of the like the whole like first part, which I was gonna bring up a little bit later, but might as well now. Um, that first season, like I looked up like the ratings, as you said, Adrian. Yeah. So the very like first six episodes, which even I kind of was like, I didn't really get it at first watching it. Um, between Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, a season one is 53 on Metacritic, and then like a 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. And then if you add like the last three, the last three seasons, season two, three, and four, as you mentioned. Basically, it's Metacritic scores of 90, 89, 87, and Rotten Tomato scores of 100, 197. <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy that it even got a second season. Like, who, like, yeah. what gets a 60% on, like, Metacritic and gets a second season? Wait, it's got Other hundreds like, for some of its seasons? Oh, yeah. season two and season three are 100. That's, and season four is a 97. That's, that's insane. Yeah, uh, actually, basically, as much as it is, basically the first, like, six or seven episodes... People really do not seem to like, especially critics, and but the last like I guess it's three or six episodes it got into its groove. Yeah, basically people really enjoyed, and that's what thing which kind of leads to the whole Netflix thing, which I guess we'll talk about when we get to the but why those here in a second. But uh, <clears throat> the way they do their shows versus regular TV. Yeah. So before we get to the but why those anything, we need to talk about OP Live. OP Live. OP Live. <laughs> OP Live. We live for OP Live. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, uh, if you have not heard it on our other episodes, we are going to be at OP Live September 22nd and 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Irving to be exact. Um, We are invited guests there, so we'll be streaming from the convention floor as well as doing a whole bunch of other stuff with the con. So, uh, at this moment, we are running a giveaway for two free tickets to the convention if you're in the Dallas, Texas area or looking to take a nice little road trip. Make sure you head on over to all of our social media. You can find us under the handle but why the PC on everything and find out how you can win that giveaway. And, uh, you know, listen to this real quick. What happens when the hunter becomes the hunted? OP Live Dallas is excited to introduce the Bounty Royale Brawl featuring Fortnite on September 23rd. OP Live attendees will get the chance to face off against members from our invited pro teams and aim for a spot in the final overpowered round. Okay, now that we're back now, let's get into some of the but why those for BoJack Horseman. And we kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's basically a successful franchise. It's won awards, it's highly rated, it's got five seasons, which apparently, I mean, that's actually pretty impressive itself. I know people don't think about it, but there's actually quite a few shows that get canceled. And it's it's surprisingly um, good for a Netflix show, because Netflix shows have kind of proven to go out at around three, um, if they, even if people love them. Yeah. So. so, as far as like why it's unique and successful, it's the only animated Netflix show to ever win an award. And I think only F is for Family is the only one else that I could find that was nominated for anything. Oh, I love F is for Family. But, I mean, there could be other ones, but at least the from The Race look, to Dragon's Edge was robbed, damn it. <laughs> I don't know if there's other shows because there's so many, but just from a quick search of various award shows, I'm not going to go find somebody that held a award show in the garage. But <gasps> Guys, we should do a DreamWorks award show episode. <laughs> um, do it. Yo, Disenchantment yeah, definitely going to win an award. Can we really, though? <laughs> um, it's also highly ranked on a lot of anime TV lists. IndieWire had it ranked in 2007 as the number one show of the 21st century for like animated TV shows. It's also set to become the first Netflix show to come to cable TV as Comedy Central bought the exclusive quote-unquote TV rights and the series will quote-unquote premiere through syndication 
on September 26th of 2018. That's oh. really insane because I can't actually think of anything that's really done that. Like, not even just TV show-wise, but, like, movie-wise and stuff like that. Especially, like, so, like, it's common with, like, international releases. But, like, here, that, that's 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 pretty big. What, to go from Netflix to an internet, to TV? Yeah. Oh. What? Yeah, no, exactly. I thought Netflix ruins everything and they can't make good things that people on TV want to watch. Well, apparently people love BoJack that more people need to see it. No, that's Which is actually cool. weird how you break it down because I think they said Netflix in 2017 actually has more subscribers than large cable companies these days. Well, but duh. Only, but barely, though. That's not including, like, broadcast TV, which well, is not Well, the fact thing. that they're even up there, though, is really big because for the longest time, like, and I've kind of said it to you, and it's one of the things is like, oh, it's another service that you have to buy, so it's a paywall factor. Um, but, and it has less than, I guess, what cable would offer, but I think just, like, the con- like we live in a world of convenience, so it's been able to do that. Yeah, but I mean, for, really like, cool. considering, like, to watch the Simpsons or even Family Guy, you just need some bunny ears. Yeah. And water those. Well, but that, that's what I mean, because, like, if they, if they get to that, like, to that height, like, that, that's just big, because, like, even if you do just need bunny ears or you can't afford, like, cable or anything like that, like... I think ultimately, like Netflix, if you only have Netflix, not other subscription services, but just Netflix, it's cheaper than cable. It's more doable. Right. As soon as you throw CBS All Access in there, though, you're broke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if, now, if they could do, the, if they could, this is this is like BoJack going on to cable is like the reverse Star Trek Discovery, you know. Oh, now it the is. people can actually watch it instead of the rest of us all who live in America not being able to watch this show, unlike. You know, yep. the rest of the world. CBS, if you're listening, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. I co-signed that. Yeah, I was looking... Well, CBS one, though. I was looking, Matt, just um, just for Emmys alone, right? Since Emmys is, like, the big thing. So BoJack, Horseman, and F is for Family are the only animated things on Netflix to even be nominated for outstanding yep. voiceover performance. So that's really it. Uh, yeah. And I love both those shows. I yeah. can't believe that Clone Wars season six was never nominated. <laughs> <laughs> the Jar Jar and so, Mace Windu episodes. I mean, come on, that's like that's television gold. Oh my gosh! <laughs> See, this is why we brought Jason. Nah, on. it would it would win the it would win the popular category. Now that now. Yeah. Yeah. So, now from from moving to successful things, we can talk about why this show really matters. Basically, kind of what we've been talking about. The broad spectrum of everybody. Goes, oh, it's relatable. It does this, does that. Now we get to actually talk about how it's relatable in that form. And so yeah. the first thing we're going to talk about is kind of the show kind of gets a little political with a lot of some a of the little. episodes. Well, put this way, they have dedicated... Well, I'm not going to say every episode, but when they do go, they go all the way. Put it that much. Yeah. And so we'll give a uh, quite a few of the examples and then we can go through in there we have basically the the gun debate episode with the lovely thoughts and prayers and way too relevant right now well that's basically what they talk about in that entire episode of if we wait around till it's relevant then nothing will ever get done yeah uh basically you have women using guns with diane when she gets to find when she decides <laughs> to shoot one and she wants to take over guns. <laughs> god <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys would like to talk to these by by shows, or do you want me to list them all and then go through them? I mean, I, I would like to talk to them, talk about them as they come up, just because they're like, um, what do you call it? 
they're all kind of separate in their own categories and some are more political and more just like cultural issues and not necessarily issues but just existing right so here I'll, yeah, before we do that i'll go. set what happened so basically in the thoughts and prayers episode essentially they're trying to make a movie and then a production movie about to release it and then there's a shooting and so they said we can't we can't release the movie it's poor timing and then they wait to try to do something else and then another shooting happens so they can't do it and the whole time they basically just keep saying thoughts and prayers and the whole point is basically if we keep waiting around saying, oh, no, you can't have the timing, well, you're never going to have timing because it just keeps happening over and over again. As far as the women uh, using guns, Diane decides she wants to be a uh, concealed carry. She ends up being a concealed carry, does everything. She finally, they want to talk about the guns right advocates, basically find out that women, she promotes women using guns. They find out about it. I think somebody, a woman ends up shooting a guy trying to harass her. And so they end up going to court where she's like, well, we should be able to protect ourselves, you know, and that gives them what you guys all want. And then they come to realize that, oh, we'd rather no one have guns than women have guns. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's essentially, like, what it ends up being is, like, she goes, like, the reason, like, she's chosen to kind of do it, like, like, also involving the gender aspect, but because like in the show she's like as ultra liberal as you can get like every stereotype there is for a liberal is like pretty much what diane is um and so it's kind of like this big like shift in her character um and like me like ultimately like i just really liked it because it talked about like the commodities that build up around them and build up around tragedy and the fact that, like, the reason it's called Thoughts and Prayers is because every time they get a notification that something's happened, they spend a minute just saying, Thoughts and Prayers, Thoughts and Prayers, Thoughts and Prayers, and then they move on, which is extremely num- numbing and relevant and, like, really accurate. Um, it's, it's, it's a really well-done episode, and, like, I, after, you know, sadly what happened in jacksonville i I saw a lot of people kind of posting that like this is this is what i see you like politicians doing just saying thoughts and prayers i mean we had this episode planned way before that happened but it's one of those with yeah anybody else want to talk that isn't me thing with it too is like diane's not a like a lot of times in tv you have like like a caricature of a liberal feminist character and like she's not a caricature of that she just genuinely is we're like you know especially I forget which episode, but, like, very, very, very early on in, like, one of the first few episodes, she goes on this whole, on this whole, like, I was gonna say rant, but rant has a connotation that's not correct, because it's, like, she just dropped knowledge, like, real hard, and it's really great, yeah. and, like, yeah. you know, when, like, you, you're set from the beginning that, like, no, she, like, genuinely is an, an intelligent and thoughtful and knowledgeable person who has opinions based on lots of research and facts and studying and reading, and so, like, in this whole episode and conversation, what I just think about is how, like, even as somebody who is armed with as much knowledge and as much genuine passion and genuine, like, capacity as as she is, it's still, when this, when topics like this come up, we're all rendered like what do, what do we do and the whole episode is just like yeah. why do we all have have the wherewithal and have the understanding that that awful awful things happen in the world around us but yet we we still just sit here and do literally nothing and move on the next day and i think that's like a really good point too because like i i do think that like pieces of her are a caricature um 
like just from my own pers- like positionality like looking at her but i think the way this show does it they don't do it to make fun of feminism or make fun of somebody who has these ideals yeah. what they do is they use it to kind of tell the story because like she exists in like that world is very literally taking on what happens in our world and trying to make dark humor come of it and so when they put her in situations like this it kind of like there it the right side is just as shown it's kind of like you said like it's i'm trying to figure out how to say it like when the show puts them into like situations that are heavy it shows that nobody like you said nobody is doing anything and ultimately like everybody like whatever you think or whatever you've thought just kind of goes out the window and you're like running on this like base like first thing you think is what you're saying type thing and it happens in multiple points in the show um when stuff happens and in a way it's kind of real because when you get into a debate with somebody like as much as or like when something happens close to you um you do kind of you can be somebody who's extremely educated on issues and like sometimes emotion takes over and that's something that i think the show does well um because at all other points she does drop knowledge and i'm like yeah that's that's accurate and like the show like acknowledges that some of these things are accurate um but then it also shows how a lot of them can be like taken to like the far edge um i say as a liberal feminist yeah you <laughs> who's also a woman of color <laughs> well technically like i diane. think she is too yeah that's what i said like diane um even though she's voiced I was by about white to say which kind of leads to <laughs> Which kind of leads to the next part of, uh, which also involved Diane, is basically does Diane decide to announce she's having an abortion on Twitter, but she runs a social media for Hip On Client and does it on the wrong Twitter account, which apparently a lot of people have done these days with announcing that. And then the Hip Hop Client decide to have a fake abortion to embrace it and then has some of the most weird, cringy songs, videos yeah, to promote this. Gosh, I forgot about that episode. <laughs> I did too until I was doing these notes and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how bad. Yeah, I don't know how to handle this episode. Um, <laughs> but it also basically goes, she does it as a kind of revolt to promote, like, it turns from a social issue to literally this client basically runs off and turns it into a promotion of her, like, line. Yeah, which what happens a lot. I mean, and it's something that I've seen happening just, like, with just social media activism in general. Like, it, you take an issue that is real and real people go through and live and make choices and then it ends up getting turned into like a fucking pepsi commercial with kendall jenner um like it it's just what happens and i think i think it did well at showcasing that um and i think that the agency they gave diane like lets it kind of like this entire show when it comes to comedy and like heavy subjects it just ultimately gives the characters this kind of agency that you understand what they're doing and you kind of understand their perspectives and it doesn't belittle what's happening or what the big situation they've thrown them into into is um but yeah it was that that's a weird episode which then lead to basically she ends up because of playing ends up getting herself pregnant and then becomes pro-pregnancy or to have the child because it has the ratings. Yeah. It was it was Yeah, like she switch like she switches from being pro choice to being 
pro-birth and it's just like it's really weird and really fast and i mean and that's ultimately like when it comes to any it honestly any type of social media activism a lot of the times done by celebrities usually ends up just like changing with the tide um because it's really easy to say that you're doing stuff now in the twitter world um and yeah it's it's again eerily accurate and just like uh yeah i think that the show can easily be confused for being like intentionally and directly nihilistic and existential when like or more nihilistic it, it is more it is existential but like <laughs> yeah it, it, being confused for purposely being like there is no point to anything and let's not and nothing matters and let's just move on with our lives because nothing matters but like that's not that's like the opposite of what the show is actually trying to say and it's the fact that yeah well the the but why though that we haven't got into yet that's last but about like the, the the whole point of the show is that everything everything matters and like the fact that yeah. we're just all caught in this in this awful cycle of of manic and then depression and then manic and then depression and so everything is it matters a whole lot for a really short amount of time and then it's and then we're literally just rendered incapable of caring about it because we're so overloaded with so many things that are just such tremendous amounts of pressure and it's like you you could think based on the dark comedy and based on everything that it's like the whole point is la da nothing matters but like <laughs> you're 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 definitely mistaken if if that's yeah. if that's where you land on it so we'll quickly go to the next one uh basically they talk about like bill cosby but they have basically they end up signing up and they end up having bojack jack and diane when they go on tour have to basically answer questions about the comedic logic hank hippopotamus Hippopotamus. He's a giant hippo. Full of so many, <laughs> so many great plays on words. Yes, yeah. um, but they go through all of that situation as well, especially with some of this. This also came out. Bef- this was referring basically mainly to Bill Cosby, but this also came out before of all the other allegations for other various people. Yeah, this was Info. before the time of Me Too and Times Up. I really yeah. wonder if they're gonna do something with oh, that next season. I'm to. sure they will. You know yeah. they're going to. It's like to. impossible for and them then not the, to in a show about Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And then the last one, which is kind of like the first that I've, I think was, at least from what I've seen, like the first that's really ever been discussed or actually gone into, at least on TV that I could see anything, was asexuality. Yeah. And this is like why I said like it's not necessarily political issues or like social issues. It's just kind of something that like exists as a representation spectrum. Yeah. They kind of call them, like, yeah. But basically Todd is like, apparently asexual per Mm -hmm. se and so they dive into the states in which he actually like states in the show going i'm not gay i mean i don't think i am but i don't think i'm straight either i don't know what i am i think i might be nothing yeah and so they actually have i mean obviously he ends up in that weird uh whatever cult like thing yeah he does end up joining a cult over that but they do kind of delve into that and that's definitely like i mean that's obviously out of my realm but it is something they do touch on and they kind of go into that it's something that's yeah. pretty, been pretty unique compared to, like, pretty much anything else that I can think of on TV. I mean, and I think it's, like, really good to point out, too, is, like, when it comes to LGBTQ plus issues, like, a lot of the time, like, nobody really acknowledges asexuality on that spectrum. Um, like, during Pride Month, there were um, a lot of people on, a lot of asexual people on, or people who identify as being asexual on Twitter, kind of talking about how, like, in a lot of spaces, they end up getting pushed out of them because of this. Um, and that's kind of what Todd goes that not kind of that is what todd goes through um 
And I mean, granted, he joins an improv comedy cult. That's what the cult was. It's an I was like, improv I couldn't remember what comedy the cult. cult. I want to say a magic cult, but I knew it wasn't um, magic. But it does resolve itself. Um, obviously, uh, spoilers for BoJack Horseman. We probably should have said that in the beginning. At, at this point, if you haven't seen it, you're a little late. <laughs> um, but when I say that, you say not to say spoilers. It's been over a year and it's on Netflix. Fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the conversations they have with him... I'm, I'm not asexual and I'm not LGBT. So like ultimately, like conversations around... like. Um, sexuality that isn't heterosexual like it, I don't have the perspective to speak from um, but just like when they listening to it from the outside of that uh, I feel that in the conversations that Todd has like what Matt just mentioned I think they do give it that weight of somebody trying to find themselves which I think Todd goes through yeah I can't really speak from obviously that either I just want to say it because like I said it is unique to what we've seen on TV that's not been delved into something else yeah and i also just want to like just restate not saying that being asexual is political or anything it's just like i feel there weren't really other places to put it oh i just yeah i just put it in with that so before we go into basically the wonderful campaign and how that stuff does anybody have anything else on those heavy hitting topics there nah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, so another thing that came up in this one kind of thing was Mr. Peanut Butter's Governor campaign, which was almost an entire season of, like, disgrace. <laughs> and it kind of delves into celebrities being in politics and po- popularity contests, his incompetence and really has no idea about politics, lobbyists in politics as his ex-wife's his manager, and just basically tries to collect all the money from uh, the lobbyists, and he's really just a puppet or puppy. And... <laughs> And, like, they even go into the point where, like, a wacky bill gets passed. Like, they really change the entire system just to make sure he's able to get, like, he doesn't even need signatures to even run or win in the first place. Uh, it shows him and Diane fight in, on their views because we talked about Diane being on one way. And then it leads to... And make- Mr. Peanut Butter not even truly being the other way. He's just doing it yeah. because he knows it's going to get him the popular stuff. Yes, which kind of like I was going to say... Relevant. Cough, like, cough. The main one was basically this whole fracking thing where he was like pro-fracking, even though he didn't know what fracking really was in who general. Do that? Todd ends up signing... A- huh? Who would, have, who would ever do that, you know? Science commission. You know, yeah. picking, picking opinions was- based on what other people's <laughs> opinions are. <laughs> So he was kind of pro-fracking, didn't really know what fracking was. Then all of a sudden he ends up having to show support for fracking because <coughs> Todd signs a bill and they end up fracking his whole property in some weird thing, which then actually collapses his entire It's not house. some weird thing. Uh, Diane says, if you have no problem with fracking, frack the house. And then he agrees to frack the house, and that's what happens. Well, Todd ends up signing the ability to, without reading it, that yeah. basically allows him to frack down. Hey, people tried to secede to from the state of New York over fracking. They straight up, a few miles from where I went to school, people had lots of uh, gas under their land and owned way too much of it. And so they all really, really wished they lived in Pennsylvania so they could sell their land for, for, for that sweet gas money. But they lived in New York, yeah. and Cuomo, the governor of New York, is like, no, you can't set the air on fire and ruin the water and <laughs> other scientific things. And We're not Texas. He, and they were like, fine, we're going to secede from New York. <laughs> I don't. Oh, they, they had no gosh. success. They did not secede. Uh, if they ever do, um, have me back on for an update video. And I'll... 
which actually lead to them all collapsing with him and his supporters at a campaign-like rally in a sinkhole. The actual governor of Woodchuck, who is a woodchuck, is there. Uh, he actually gets. He actually is very smart and competent and shows leadership, but apparently people don't want to listen to that. They want to listen to the celebrity. And I, he thought, had, I huh? thought the person he was running against was the elephant. No. No, he was running against the woodchuck, and they kept, like, slamming yeah. him for oh, his hands right. and stuff. Never mind. And then his hands. That's well, right. yeah, which we'll, get, we'll get to the hands. That okay, yeah. yeah, never mind. Which actually lead to, basically, Mr. Peanut Butter wants more food, because Mr. Woodchuck's being smart and rationing up the food, lead to a mob rule, and they tie him up to a fan. He actually crushes his hands, saving people, withdraws from the race after he finally, and then he ends up in the race against man-eater Jessica Biel. <laughs> and that's my favorite thing, by the way. <laughs> which then, especially what, if you watch Blade Trinity, yes. Which then lead to, as Adrian said, the huge debate over hands and how they're instead of actual ideas and policies. <sighs> There's a lot to go dive into. That's just basically a run up, and then. I guess we can go with the aftermath of, after all the craziness, everything, Woodchuck finally wins or whatever, gets put back and things are quote-unquote restored. But during the short time that Mr. Peanut Butter had control, he literally built a bridge to Hawaii. And just shows how, basically, when things get ridiculous, they can still have a long-term effect. And now they had a pointless, dumb bridge to Hawaii. Yeah, all it takes is once. (laughs) Yeah. Like, all it takes is one stupid decision that's made law, and everybody suffers for it. Yeah. There's this whole campaign. There's a lot to dive into. I said... I'm just kind of like, how political we get in here. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to say thing, but it is nice that they did this whole entire thing. I, I think they did a great job of showing all of this in the first I place. I think that yeah. the most genius part of the entire thing is that I'm, like, I'm extraordinarily politically active and aware and like that's what i like what i do with my life and i somehow managed not to see the parallel at all between this season of the show and the real world and like maybe that's shame on me but also i think that's just the genius of the show in the first place and how it just showed that literally all of what goes on in politics right these days just goes over almost everyone's heads and we don't even notice it and pretty yeah, sad. Well, but, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't well, realize I this at all until here. I literally read your notes and went, oh my gosh, the hands. Wow. Yeah. Where was I when I watched that? <laughs> Too engrossed in myself <laughs> and how sad I was watching all of the A-plot. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this stuff is actually like going around in the background, which is crazy because you have all this stuff because we haven't even mentioned BoJack. Like, this is supposed to be a BoJack horseman, and we don't even mention BoJack. We haven't got to there yet. <laughs> but yeah, so like... I think that what they try to do portray, they do very well, well is, is this is a common theme, whether it's relevant now, but just in general history of, like, people are just used to seeing this happen over and over again while we've had celebrities elected governors, even before, like, president or anything. We had governors. We had mayors. We have other elected officials. And, like, just people don't really care because it ends up being yeah. what it is. But I mean, too, like, beyond that, ultimately, like... It's funny because the show is super absurd, and when you explain it, it sounds super absurd. But then when you actually think, like, what the crap show the 2016 election ended up being, and the debates that were had, and what was said in the debates, and how topics changed so frequently and for no reason, and how the 
winner had no idea about so many of the policies and still doesn't like it seems absurd when you watch the show because it is doing absurd things but that is like the reality of things also which hurts a bit because it's like there's no way this would happen and it's like well it may not be a bridge to Hawaii. Well, but you know, know, next next Whoa. trade war with next China. Infrastructure week. That might be that might be what we get. Yep. So it, yeah, it it's just it's it's way too damn relevant, and it's and it's funny too because like in the whole thing, peanut butter doesn't actually believe any of this. He's just oh, he- doing it because people are telling him to. Well, yeah, um, well, that's what they did with his ex-wife. Yeah. Actually, two ex-wives of ex- Jessica Bill, Maneater, and obviously the other one. Yeah. He was into being his manager, who then takes over for Jessica Bill because she was like, you all want to get paid? And she's like, yes, I do. I'm like, let's run for mayor. Yeah. Or governor, I mean. Yeah, it's just, it's, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I'm getting depressed doing this episode. I need some alcohol. This should have been a drinking episode. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so now with all of that aside let's get why we're really here and probably the main but why those as much as those are important like why people this show is really touted and lauded and people love this show is basically it's been described as one of the best and most honest depictions of depression so when the show starts out you get this like washed up star who does a lot of drugs drinks a lot meaning sex every celebrity type thing you just per- and you Every kinda, celebrity type thing. <laughs> I mean, how many people are going to see OD on something at this point? Yeah, that's true. And we're true. supposed to be like, it's okay. I don't know, celebrities are always but, about saving the environment, and BoJack doesn't care about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, always. Isn't there a Leonardo DiCaprio equivalent in BoJack? I think there was. Hmm? There was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was. That's who I was okay. thinking of. He's the only celebrity. Oh, we know it was actually DiCaprio. That's right. Yeah, no, there's a, there's yeah. a Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, as the show goes on and you progress to the show, you start to see that these are just vices and he's really just a sad, depressed horse. And it depicts depression and addiction to things and problems kind of just beyond the surface. We kind of mentioned like all vague and like it talks to a lot of people because you don't just see like the normal like, oh, drinking, whatever. It kind of shows deep down like how broken he is, and they have episodes dedicated to certain parts of depression that he goes through, and just certain things he does throughout here. Like basically, Diane writes a ghost memoir. He basically ghost writes. Ghost writes. <laughs> my bad. Diane ghost writes his memoir. He ghost writes. He ghost writes a ghost memoir <laughs> and ghost writes his memoir are two different things, Matt. Jason said if I can make up words. Like he does, it'll order. be a ghost memoir soon enough. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> that's a biography. Diane ghostwrites his memoir and basically tells and shows. If it's published, if it's published post, post, um, post, post, yeah, yeah, that word, then it'll be a ghost memoir. (laughs) But for now, it's ghostwritten by Diane. Yes. (laughs) Diane ghostwrites his memoir and basically tells and shows how broken he is, and this like jumpstarts his career for a bit, and as the seas. And, and as the season and show you continue, goes on and con- show continues, you realize it's only temporary and you start to realize that he's just that broken. He actually, in season three, tells Diane, basically he goes on basically saying how he's broken and basically he's made a poison. He's like, I have poison inside me and I destroy everything I touch. Yeah, and I think that this is one of the things that's really beautifully nuanced about the show is when you're watching it, 
you realize that Bojack is self-sabotaging everything, um, but it shows you from his perspective that he doesn't see that. And there are moments of clarity when he sees that that's what he's doing and he's still incapable of stopping. And, like, that is, like, I don't know. It, it's really, really potent to see um, because it shows you that depression from multiple angles. Um, and, like, it's not necessarily that he's, like, he's broken and that's why he's doing those things, but he also, like, refuses to not be broken in this, like, weird way. Well, it kind of starts out that way, and I think as you get into, like, by season three, especially into season four, I think he finally, like, just takes on the identity of, like, I am broken and accepts things. Yeah. He's trying to change, but it's obviously not doing. Which is the other cool thing, because it's like, he doesn't try to change and overnight, oh, he's happy, he's not depressed anymore. It's well, I mean, like, he kind of no, starts he... with that a little bit, but... Well, but he try, but, like, and they show why that, that isn't a thing. Yes. Like, they, they, like, it shows you and then explains why that doesn't just happen. Like, there's that episode where he's trying to go outside and run, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, just picking up a sport isn't going to make you not depressed. <laughs> Um, well, that's it, that's like it, the thesis of the entire really show well is the constantly he thinks if I can just do this thing then I'll stop yes. yep. then, I, then I won't be miserable anymore and whether that's if I can just you know be working again or just get the approval of Herb or his mother or if I can just like start listening to these audiobooks that tell me that I can change or if I can just yeah. be a good father or just reconnect with the kids that were on my show or literally you know every single thing is if i can just do this then i'll be better and that's the constant lesson that he can't get himself to learn is that it's not there's not a single thing that's going to make him feel any better and and that's the that to me is the absolute realest part of it all is like that's that's what i do to myself constantly is i say if i can just do this one thing then i'll start feeling better i won't be depressed anymore i won't be I won't hate myself, you know, it, it's that, but it's, no matter how much you know that's true, no matter how many times I can tell myself that, no matter how many times Bojack can tell himself that he knows that that's not the reality, he still falls into it repeatedly every time, because, <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's the vicious, that's the viciousness of, of, of depression, and, like, the, it, it makes me, it, it kind of touches on, like, there's the idea of the deserving and the undeserving blank, where, where a lot yeah. of times people who don't attempt to understand the intricacies of whether it's mental health in this mm -hmm. instance or literally you know, anything that you will say, oh, well, you know, he's, he's making all these mistakes. He's, if he just wasn't a jerk to the, to the, to the Navy SEAL, or if he just wasn't, you know, if he would just, if he would, that, episode? that was an amazing yeah, that's episode. actually the second episode of the show too, which is like, if you can get yeah. past the first one and watch that one, you're going to really enjoy the show. But like, that's what kept me you know, going. If he would just be a good friend to Mr. Peanut Butter, like he is to him, like if he would just not have been stupid to yeah. Diane yeah. a thousand times, like all these things. If he would treat, if he would treat uh, like, anyone correctly, like but like it's not, God. it's not his fault. Like he, yeah. yes, there's there's choices he can make, but it's also like his his brain is is not allowing him to make the right choices all the time and. You have to figure out how to balance like blaming yourself and knowing that you're you have you have utility and how much is like accepting that you're not 
100 percent at fault which he even kind of does because it goes from like the short terms like if i just do this one thing to where he goes on like the depression thing of like revival or i'm gonna like restart my entire thing he literally just picks up and drives off and he's gone for an entire year and moved to the desert to try to find his long lost love so i wouldn't say that that's so much him saying that i'm gonna get better so much as him saying i'm gonna run from well, all these problems well, that well, i have caused well i'm not saying like go better but it was like a revival find... of like i'm just gonna restart everything if yeah. i can just go Which find I mean, I... what's her name the deer i will be better yeah. now if yeah. i can fix this one thing that happened so well it went from ago. like and it's also like almost self-sabotaging to even go on that quest because of how distant it was right like how like it was a fool's errand ultimately well that's what i'm saying it was one of those like it starts with oh i can go run to like oh i can like maybe get a part in a play yeah. to like i'm just gonna go move in the desert and find somebody yeah we, we, i mean which is like there are extremes that happen and i think that's one of the things that i really appreciate from the show too is that like when they talk about like depress when they showcase depression is like de- one depression isn't just being sad two you're not depressed in the same way all the time three it looks different in different people and even if you're one person having depressive episodes like that looks very differently from day to day sometimes and like the and that that like bojack has these underlying things that he continues to do but ultimately it they show him actively living with his depression doing good and having small things happen around him to being completely consumed by it and they showcase the depression in different types of ways and they definitely show as being more than just a sadness which i usually really hate the way television shows talk about depression or any sort of mental health issue because they just take the surface piece and like i would say that like which is why it's a but why though that you put matt like it really explores depression yeah a lot of a big thing about well representing depression aside in addition to the the things that we've discussed is that depression is often coupled with anxiety and that you don't you don't really yep you don't know that unless you know that most of the time and like for a lot of people one or the other present might present more than than the other but Mm -hmm. like there's definitely several episodes of the show where you can see that like when he's when Bojack is starting to be able to do things quote unquote right and like be treating Todd better and like be making decisions that are healthier, things like that, that he starts to get anxious about the decisions he's making. And am I making the right choices now? Am I, can I keep this up? Am I like, (laughs) and, and that's when you start to spiral back into you've, now you've made mistakes and now you feel really regretful about them and hate yourself for it. And that's like, the other side of it that I feel like isn't it's not just about being sad exactly like you, you you don't you don't get that representation very often and very well and the fact that you can see that he's a much more dynamic character than just I'm sad all the time and make dumb choices it's sometimes I start to feel better and then I feel bad about feeling better and don't know how to cope with that which kind of lead to the like one of the best things where they do the episode stupid piece of shit which basically follows Bojack inside of his head and all of his decision making and it, like what he is thinking and as he does everything I mean the show literally starts up with basically piece of shit stupid piece of shit you're real stupid piece of shit but I know I'm a piece of shit that at least makes me better than all the other pieces of shit that don't know they're a piece of shit <laughs> or is it worse 
<laughs> that's that is the anxiety yeah. part of it. That too. episode is exactly that's, yeah, that's definitely the the that obsessed... clearest example of it. Yeah, and then like the obs- and that that's one of the really cool things is by going into his head, like they do showcase like the different things. It's like it's not just like I think a lot of people think that depression is just like waking up and just deciding not to do something, but like when I've had depressive episodes it, it's just like no, I think about doing that thing a hundred times over. And then by the time I know the time's passed to actually do the thing because I've been in my head and been really anxious about doing the thing that I've missed the thing and okay, well, I'm just going to sit in bed because the thing yeah. is gone. Or, or that it keeps getting closer and closer and the closer it gets, the more I know I need to do it and the more I know I need to do it, the less I can make a decision about how I'll do it and when I'll do it and in what way I'll do it and with whom I will do it and all of these things then it's passed and now I hate myself because it's passed and I did it wrong. Exactly. And, and then it's a circle. Okay. <laughs> But it yeah. also shows, like, as much as you guys talk about the thinking, the thinking also shows about the impulses of doing anything, where basically yeah. he throws his mom, who's suffering from dementia, which we'll get into right after this, uh, his mom's doll off his balcony, and you hear in his head going, him saying, do it, and he just throws it, and then immediately after going, you're a piece of shit, asshole. And, yep. like, he spends the rest of the night, like, I need to go find this doll. Yeah. No matter what. And I'd be lying if I said that I've never had that happen. Oh, I'm pretty sure I did all the time. Yeah, yeah, the hyperfixation on a single thing that will fix it all, but it doesn't fix it because that's not how helping yourself works. Bojack, go to therapy. Yeah. Please. Yeah, because there's definitely been times, too, where, like, I've said something, and in my head I'm like, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. Oh, fuck, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, definitely yeah. from leading to season four, and then obviously between all of this, like, thinking and mental aspect, you see a lot of drug use. They go on a binge with this Sarah Lynn who's like oh gosh oh, Sarah man. Lynn I forgot about Sarah Lynn that's a, such a messed up situation that he did not help at all <sighs> no yeah no so Sarah Lynn was basically a child actor who ends up like having a rough time with drugs she finally gets clean and then basically Bojack shows up in one of his things says let's go on a bender and they go on a bender for a week and she ends up dying yeah I think yeah. that was like the episode that first hit me where I was like I'm being unconsolable <laughs> Yeah. On a slightly brighter but, note, for just a moment so we can have some levity, what I really yes, like about please. some of these episodes where they show, like, the one where they go on the bender, or the one where you're in his head, or, like, a lot of the or, or a lot of the ones where they're the most, like, inside characters' heads, is when they do really cool stuff with the art where they, like, totally, totally, totally change it up, like, with these really different yeah. styles that are just, like, you know, whatever you feel about the main art style, they fact that they're juxtaposing it with these like either really psychedelic weird things or just like really just different styles makes you go that's really fun and like it kind of makes it a little le- a little easier to swallow some of the ridiculously difficult yeah moments yeah for sure it's one of my favorite things about the show um i don't want to take away from like all the depression talk and stuff but like since we're on like the art i think the art stuff that they do do just by putting like little things in the background like for you to notice kind of like gives you a small chuckle when stuff like benders are going on or like abortion talks are happening like they just sprinkle stuff throughout like if you saw something in season one you might see it in season five like so they it makes you pay attention to kind of everything and just not have i mean we talked about it like right now like this whole show just isn't surface level and even comes down to the art like there's things in the background happening that can inform all what's going on and um in the foreground so i just think that's just 
something that I don't think a show as much as like I like like Family Guy and you know Futurama and stuff like that. Like I don't think they have that for them the way that BoJack Horseman does. Yeah, because even the opening changes. Yeah, I was like, right? I was gonna say the opening yeah. changes as the story moves and progresses, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that till. And a lot of work as an it. animator. Yeah. Because that was one of the first things I noticed. It's like, oh, as the story progresses, like the the basically, I think especially after season one, yeah. especially leading into the season two, three, and four, the openings like change with the thing, and especially when like Bojack gone. I don't even know if he's even in the opening. Yeah, and I will say this too. Like, um, I feel like the. The question should have been like, "Who's your favorite character from the beginning?" Because like, there's that episode where you're inside Princess Carolyn's head, and like, outside of just depression, yes, getting to understand like that type. Because like, Princess Carolyn has her own issues and her own mental health issues. And, they all like do. for me, yeah, oh yeah, they <laughs> Very all do. Much. Um, but like, when they're in Princess Carolyn's head, because in the show she rep- she's represented as being like the most put together character out of everybody. And then actually getting to her head and seeing everything that goes through that. Minus the child who is playing an adult. Oh <laughs> but that was also her just desperately <laughs> wanting to be loved. Um, like, well, I don't know. I mean, I... they do a good job of that because they show her as an overworked, basically, single <laughs> woman. What? I forgot what? about the <laughs> Yeah! What? Mr. Man? Mr. Oh, you... Man! So good! We didn't even talk about his depression problems. <laughs> I mean, he's just, you know, doing business with the, with the he's just company. Doing business. <laughs> he's just got a, you know, business. <laughs> oh, God, and his voice. Which kind of but... leads from her thing, because I know a lot of this was pointing towards Bojack and doing everything, but obviously we time constraints. I tried to limit it. But yeah. yes, Princess Carolyn kind of has the overworked, basically, single person. People keep asking her about her family, if she's ever going to be married, if she's ever going to have children. They show it through eyes of, like, one of her, like, great 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 like what grandchildren yeah. or something like that if she were to have children with the necklace yeah with the yeah. necklace and then she wakes up and realizes it was just, just nothing and she's alone and she has her work which like for the longest time before matt came into my life i very much thought i was gonna be um because it, it, like i think like that's something that really the show does well too in highlighting because there's a lot of levity around a lot of characters and stuff and as much as they show like the actresses i think get a lot of like screen time of just being like ditzy and just like stuff's given to them and stuff and then you have princess carolyn where it's like no like everything she does she like they show her having to work harder than almost everybody around her and it's like the choices she has to make to like maintain that level of you know to keep climbing up and also just to like maintain what she's what she's gotten um and just like dealing with that which i really appreciate and i think she's my favorite and most identifiable of the show other than the stupid piece of shit episode because i watched that and i was like oh god why is this episode attacking me right now <laughs> which leads into like even diane goes through her own issues because she's actually marrying peanut butter who's actually a really rich uh, <clears throat> a rich celebrity and everything else but she's like miserable with him yeah and go through her whole life crisis because she's comfortable and she's nice and she can't say no to him. Yeah. And she's like, do I be comfortable or do I try to live with my, what I, go do what I want? Yeah. And then she also just doesn't believe that she deserves peanut butter being good to her, which she doesn't at the end, no. given what she, she does. She literally but goes she and hides goes to another country to avoid him and then pretends that she's still there. Yep. 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 And then she comes back, doesn't tell him, runs into him at Bojack's restaurant. And then he's so stupid that he doesn't even know it's her. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. They all need to go to therapy. 
Oh, side note and a happy note. My favorite cosplay that we saw at PAX East was actually somebody cosplaying Paul Giamatti playing Bojack Horseman. <laughs> it was so good. I have a picture of that somewhere. Which we kind of so ta- talked about, like, his friends and all, but you see all the shit and terrible things that one Bojack does to his friends, and then obviously they're his friend struggles. Yeah. And, he, I mean, whether you see he's caring, but, I mean, sometimes he does it on purpose. Sometimes he does it incidental. He doesn't and sometimes it's really not his fault. Yeah. Like, sometimes his friends fuck Oh, my gosh, over. yeah. And it's very he, clear. Well, that's why I hate Todd. I do not like Todd at all. No, I, I love like Todd. <laughs> nope. I couldn't stand Todd. He does get a lot of really bad advice, though. It's like, yes. you know, it, 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 it's definitely one of those things where we surround ourselves with people who are similar to ourselves, where if we have trouble with our with depressive periods, then we probably are friends with a lot of people who also have the same problems. But then because we're all depressive we really aren't able to provide each other with support necessarily all the time yeah. in a healthy way because if I'm feeling bad and you're feeling bad, well, I can't give you good advice because as soon as you feel bad, I feel bad too, and my advice is going to be really not great. You feeling bad makes me feel even <laughs> yeah. worse, and therefore I give you even worse That's advice. super realistic and totally what happens to them because especially in, like, season one, Diane gives him so much awful advice all the time. Because she also is yeah. miserable and can't actually give good advice. <laughs> and I think on, like, the Todd thing, I think Todd's, like, the opposite. Is just, I mean, not that Todd doesn't have problems. Like, he does. And not necessarily problems. But, like, he does have his own issues with his identity and where he fits in, like, almost everything, like, from season so one So, to be fair, on. I didn't like Todd from season one before they even got into the identity thing. Well, I wasn't saying, like, I'm just saying, like, he has his own issues. And, like, obviously he, like, yells at Bojack for all, like, while he's trying to go through it. But he's like, I don't have time for your shit. Oh, yeah. Like, like, I didn't like Todd before yeah. any of that Because, like, happened. the part where he's probably the worst to Bojack is when he's dealing with his own stuff. But that's real. Yeah. Like, there have been a lot of times where, like, I've been dealing with something and I, I'm just not as empathetic as I should be. Or, like, because it's, like, while I'm going through my thing, I don't have this bandwidth to help you. And then, like, but I think Todd, on the other hand, is, like, where you have somebody like Diane, who is just what you said. We're both sad. So us giving each other tips on how to not be sad or depressed or angry is not going to work because we're both having these emotions. I think Todd, on the other side, is somebody who just really doesn't see below the surface until he has to go through it himself. And I've had a lot of people like that in my life where, like, they just don't really look beyond it. Um, and that's kind of where Todd sits in a lot of the episodes until he has to go through something like that on his own. Which kind of, like, the funny thing that Jason brought that up is, like, that's been kind of looked at and seen is, like, as bad as BoJack is, or even some of them are and whatnot, in the end, they are usually always there. Yeah. I think Todd also is just, like, he's often portrayed as being a victim of his own capriciousness and, like, being just a, a dummy and a goof. But he's also, I would, I would say that he is in a degree of like an abusive relationship with Bojack, where like he, oh he, yeah, Bojack is constantly just putting him down and literally telling him what to do and think all of the time, and like that is basically the definition of how you characterize an abusive relationship. And Todd is is trapped in it because one he's just 
he has nowhere else to go and doesn't know what else to do with himself and his life and where like he doesn't know anything else besides this relationship basically and he's also got like a lot of commitment to bojack because he is his friend and he is someone that he cares about and as like you know i don't know if i would definitely i don't know if i'd classify him quite as a fixer but he's like he he definitely feels a sense of commitment to bojack that is like yeah. utterly destructive to him like he he absolutely should leave <laughs> he should really he should really move out move out like he shouldn't he shouldn't he should definitely drop bojack out of his life it's really unhealthy for him yeah. and like a lot of his ability to get better would probably is probably tied to the fact that he is still in bojack's orbit constantly yeah. Which kind of leads to kind of summarize all of this things up between all the thing. I think Todd says it the best of you can't keep doing shitty things and then feel bad about yourself like it makes it okay. You need to, you need to be better. You are all the things that are wrong with you. That's probably like my one of my favorite lines yes. in the entire show. And I may have or may have not dropped that into a Twitter conversation one time in a situation where somebody was being shitty. Yeah, this is essentially what I told my kids today when they were slacking off in class today. Like, you can't keep doing shitty things and then expect the world not to think that our demographic is shitty if you're doing shitty things. Do better. Yeah. So I, I when I when I first heard when I first Todd first said this, I was like, all right, Todd's one of my favorite characters, just because of this quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely one of the probably the lines that's used quite a bit. Yeah, which I think that's one of the things that the show really showcases too, like with his friends and with Deadline. It's like a lot about it. Like it's under like I think it goes and it doesn't say it in explicit terms, but when you watch the show you see that one, things are a process and two, nothing gets better if you don't do anything. So as much as you like you said before, people can misinterpret it as being really nihilistic because nothing matters and but ultimately I think what the show pushes you to do by watching these characters fail and do these things is it pushes you to do something because that's the only way it's going to matter. Um, because action means a hell of a lot more. Positive actions. Yeah, positive yeah. actions. Which leads from his, basically his friends to his family, and we'll go into basically his mother. I don't want to talk about his mom. This is awful. This is probably <laughs> the worst I felt this entire episode is with his mom. Which is why you save it for last, so you can all end on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. <laughs> Um, so basically, you learn throughout the show he hates his mother. You learn why he hates his mother. You learn that she was basically a terrible mother. She treated him awful. You learn from his need to like approval and being special come from mother. I think they show a back flashback with mother basically saying you got to give the people what they want, even if it kills you, even if it empties you out until there's nothing left to empty. They give you like set the flashbacks, her being non uh, caring, horrible, done devoid of affection. Uh, she makes Holly. She ends up making Hollyhock sick by slipping her weight loss and her coffee, caffeine, or in yeah, her she, coffee, and her coffee every day. And you can tell that there's just been years and years of problems from Question, this. Question, Matt. And then um, yes, for our patrons who listen to our Little Prince review, who's worse, uh, BoJack's mom or the mom in the Little Prince? <laughs> well, he has to think about it. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> Because I haven't got to the second part of the story yet. But uh, it's definitely probably Bojack's mom. Okay. I'm just curious what your thoughts were. Bojack's mom is physically and emotionally abusive. She's worse. Yes. 
Full stop. <laughs> but once you are ready to full on, we hate his mother, and we're glad that he threw her in an old home and forgot her in that prison. You learn through her dementia all of her problems in every single thing that's happened to her life and how Bojack yeah. was basically a, a reincarnation of her, but yeah. not as bad as what he actually she went through. <laughs> I mean, and it shows, like, a cycle that, like, you, yeah. it, it's a cycle of abuse that just continues, which is a very real reality for a lot of people. You basically learn that Bojack's mom, her, or basically Bojack's grandma, was basically lobotomized, pretty yeah. much. Because she wanted to live her life outside of being just a wife and have creative thoughts and do things. Oh my god! That oh god, her and her so dad, we, the, the yeah. Bojack's mom's dad, when he throws her stuff in the fire, I'm just like, oh, it hurts! It hurts. And so uh-huh. basically, her mother devoid of affection. Her father obviously is not any better. She gets nothing. She's taught. Basically the same way she raised Bojack, a loveless type environment. You learn that Bojack's dad was basically abusive, cheated on her. Pretty sure beat her. Oh, he was definitely abusive. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And then, uh, you, I mean, you pretty much learn around this time, you already knew that basically it was non-existent to Bojack. Think which, of the wrong thing. And while doing all this and learning this, you learn this through dementia. Yeah. It, it's one of the saddest episodes of television I've ever seen. In the episode Time Zero, they explore Beatrice, or Bojack's mom's, memories. But you see it, not only these depressing memories and learn about it, but you see it through the memory loss of dementia. As You can kind of understand the story, and you see the bad parts, but they're missing pieces. Yeah. And like there's people with drawn out faces where you don't know who that is. It's kind of very convoluted. And they, the memories blend into each other, yep. too. And you can see how even the most important events of somebody's life can be re-raped and jumbled together and how something simple as just scribbling over somebody's face and you can't see it can leave out so much information. I know that was hard. You guys can have it from here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I actually think the, like, just with what my grandfather went through, like, um, if you've listened to, like, our Coco review on our Patreon, like, I've kind of, like, opened up about that. But, like, ultimately, like, I've seen dementia, like, turn somebody from the person. And not dementia, but, like, Alzheimer's. Like, there is a difference between dementia and Alzheimer's, which is, like, a very degree of severity. Um, but, like, I've seen somebody change from the person you know to somebody that you don't recognize. And I've seen somebody struggle with having, like trying to just recall what day it is let alone trying to recall like their children's faces and stuff like that and like it's it's funny because like it uses her dementia as like a plot point and like a point of comedy at times and in this episode it kind of pieces that all together and you're like holy fuck like it 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 wasn't funny it was sad um and it just gets increasingly sad from that point especially with how Bojack treats her. But then again, you understand why he treats her that way because of what she's done to him. But then you understand why she treated him that way because of the awful things that were done to her. And like, obviously like continuing a cycle of abuse is never right. But there are some things that you can't break. And I think specifically when you look at like Bojack's in his fifties, like, and when her, when his mom Beatrice was alive and everything like that, like, some cycles are like cycles are easier to break now in some ways than they were back in like 
our parents or grandparents eras and times because you didn't you didn't have the ability to seek out the help to break them um which again kind of just goes back to like the show highlighting like all the like the intricacies of mental health and avoiding it and just everything and just oh my god this episode hurts why did it end on this extra hard too because it's like you hate her and you should and it parallels it parallels a lot of there's like a motif that comes up a whole bunch of times where bojack really 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 screws up and hurts somebody like herb kazaz in the first season like there's a whole thing where he wants him to he want bojack wants to be forgiven because he tries to apologize and like herb's like no i i don't have to forgive you to move on with my life and i don't want to give you the satisfaction of being forgiven because you don't deserve it now and that happens to him several times now he's on the other side of it where he's in the position of do i forgive her do i not forgive her and it's like what 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 does he do (laughs) you know he hates her and should hate her what is the right yeah what's the right answer like yeah it's (laughs) i don't there is none (laughs) it's like ultimately whatever he wants is what's right because it's his life that was destroyed by her but ruined yeah it's like oh heavy I also just really like that episode with her because I just like that answer. I don't need to forgive you to move on with my life. I just like that take on forgiveness because it's not something you usually get on yeah. shows. There's no happy endings in this show. Mm-mm. There has to be another but why, though, that's like not depressing, Matt. Well, and depressing as the episodes were, uh, basically on a most list, the TV episodes of 2017. The most list? You mean the best list? On the best list. <laughs> On the, on the best list of like best TV episodes of 2017, both Times Arrow and Stupid Piece of Shit rank high on many media outlets, and both of those were nominated for two awards, for yeah. voice acting and just basically like production and design of like the show. They're extremely. The good. Times Arrow art and the music they play, just from like the just even the drawing of like looks like stencil from like paint yeah. over faces is crazy. It's so good, and, like, the way it, like, intertwines with, like, Bojack's narrative of, like, rebuilding that house and stuff, and just... Oh, yeah, he goes to the whole... Yeah. I forget the yeah, name it, of it. It's insane. An episode in the beginning of season three where he goes underwater to go to a premiere. Oh, yeah! That, too, is, like... That's one of the most artistic episodes by far, and it's not even because they do something different with the art itself. The entire episode practically is silent, and that and just has this like really I don't know what the word is but the music in the background is just like the only thing you hear besides people gurgling because they can't talk underwater and and the whole episode is like first half of it is Bojack trying so hard to do something right and to ask for somebody's forgiveness or to at least apologize not even ask for the forgiveness and is rendered incapable because he is silenced by the water and the yeah. whole the whole episode is just like it's just it it's silent and i rewatched that one specifically in the last two days because i was i remember that one particularly being just very like impactful and like really really different because aside from this one episode of uh the current pokemon anime i can't think of any really episodes of tv where it's entirely silent and uh just like 
how do they how do they draw so much emotion out without saying a word <laughs> it's really yeah. good which is the best part at the end when you realize he just oh gosh, turn on his communicator exactly. and it's yeah. i mean and <laughs> ultimately the whole thing is a metaphor for the fact that you know if we <laughs> we, we can't we, we don't know how to speak up even though we're capable of it and two uplifting things one of my favorite things that the show does that's just like the little tiny comedy moments that are just like they're non-consequential but almost every time there's every episode at least once or twice there's just these little moments of like animal comedy where like the animals do something that is like very animal <laughs> and like because yes. they're all anthropomorphic and they don't act like animals most of the time but then every once in a while like the sardine gets into a really packed car of sardines and like the um like dog chases its tail and it's just like the bird crashes into a window it's like these these really small moments of just like being funny that don't mean anything but and you don't need them but because they're there you're just like that's so nice and second thing is that earlier i want to point out adrian said doo-doo and i thought that if i said that We'd all we'd just make things a little better. I thought that too. <laughs> just make things a little a little lighter. <laughs> note to tie this up. I mean, not like a fun note, but lighter than ending with dementia. <laughs> uh, I think. Well, we had our final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, and like, I'll just use this as like my final thought for the show. Um, so I didn't talk a whole bunch one because I've never gone through. I mean, I don't know if I've got through. I I don't know uh, through like heavy depression and stuff. So I can't speak to a lot of those things and. A lot of the start of the episode was kind of like from the female's perspective. And I don't like talking about the female's perspective because I don't know what it is. Um, but the thing I think I like most about this show is that no matter how much is going on and how every character is basically like not infallible, like there's something wrong with every single character down to like Mr. Peanut Butter, who's supposed to be like this happy-go-lucky guy. Um, I think there's moments of just like introspection and reflection like on your own life. I think in like of the events like obviously like to the extreme or maybe not to the extreme that the characters go through but i think there's like moments and opportunities for you kind of just to like like todd said like just do better no matter like what situations you're going in so if you and look at one of these situations you're like oh man i've gone through that and then you just go on with your life you're not like doing better you're just basically doing what bojack is doing and just like living that kind of like self deprecating like well yeah my life sucks but if you're not doing anything about it so I just really like listening to you guys like do your self reflection um, and knowing Kate specifically like Kate's killing it man like she hasn't let any of the stuff that she's talked about like hold her down and prevent her from doing all this really great stuff with the podcast outside of the podcast having multiple podcasts and all this stuff so I think no matter how much she self identifies with the show BoJack Horseman I think she's rising above like these things and these issues that BoJack goes through and like Carolyn goes through and stuff like that to be better and I think that's when I watch, that's what I get out of it. Like, man, I don't want to be like that when I'm older. Maybe I should be doing better now. So, one quick thing. Thank Favorite you. scene. Well, I want to say, Adrian, thank you for being so nice to me. Yeah, man. A... You're supposed to be nice <laughs> to people. There's, there's a reason why I call you the Captain K. We, we wouldn't be here without you. Uh, yeah, favorite scene. Favorite scene, I Adrian. think the Todd scene, really, because it's like, you, you watch all this stuff with... Uh, you know, Bojack trying to fix everything and doing all these one things, and he's basically just like, it's it, it's you, dude. Like, fix your stuff, man. Fix your stuff. So I think that's probably my favorite scene. And anything where Mr. Peanut Butter's acting like a dog. 
because in the anthropomorphic like area, I like that part where Bishop Peanut Butter just acts like a literal dog, and I think it's cute. <laughs> it's so funny. He lives in a giant dog bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like I, I am definitely with Jason and you on those moments. On that that the animal moments are so damn good. So damn. They good. order milk at the. Oh god, we didn't even talk about the owl from the eighties. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was Bodrak's chance at horse at, at yeah. romance. Well, I thought about bringing it up because it's basically one of those people that try to go. They're they're gonna date somebody that's happy go lucky to try to reverse everything. Mm-hmm. Or try to go back, like, or try to relive the time that they had when they were happy. Okay, yeah. when Bodrak's in like season says, eight, we'll come back for a part two. <laughs> like yeah. she says, when you try when when you see life through rose colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. Yeah. Yeah, and that's such a damn good thing. And it's like really good advice for somebody who is stuck in I in like a coma in the eighties and hasn't been on the dating scene. Because <laughs> I think that's how all of us start out dating pretty much. Like, oh, these things are fine. Why do we keep bringing up the 80s? Yeah, I would like to formally apologize for the time when I said that back in the 80s, I was a really big fan of BoJack because the song literally says back in the 90s. I don't know why I said 80s. Yeah. But you're talking about the 80s because that's when she went into the coma. I'm talking about the 80s because that's when the owl was in a coma. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, So my favorite scene. I really, that, that could be my last thing. I think I've talked a lot this episode. But, like, my favorite scene is when he in the stupid piece of shit episode where he sits down and debates about eating the entire thing of oh Oreos. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done that so many times. Um because that is just way too damn real. Um and then honestly the entirety it, like my favorite episode is the Princess Carolyn episode because Oh my god, I feel it so much. I, I also think like if you haven't and it, you don't have to like I'm not saying that everybody has been depressed. Like no not everybody has or like like not you don't have to have had some of these messed up situations happen to you, but I think that they're yeah. Um but I think like when you watch this show, I think the show whether it's you're identifying it or you're seeing the pieces of society that they're critiquing, I think this show does a really good job of holding that mirror up to you and making you look at these things um and like like adrian said be self-reflexive in these moments whether it's like your position in society and what's happening in the world or if it's your own personal um or, or if you're seeing your own reflection in that so did jason give his no my favorite scene i think is the la- the the end of the that underwater episode uh, the whole like second half of that episode, he helps a seahorse give birth on a bus, and then one of them clings onto him, and it's really darn cute because it's a seahorse and he's a land horse and it's a baby, and it's, just, <laughs> it's super cute. And <laughs> the, 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 the seahorse is drawn real cute, and then it gets a sugar high and does backflips, and it's so it's so great. But then the very end of the episode finally gets to like the baby seahorse's dad's house and returns it and is like you know all non-verbal and he like bojack really needs to get back to the to the city so that he can like apologize to the person he wants to apologize to but he also is going through this this almost uncharacteristic un- un- characteristic but also like so in his character moment of like no like he keeps refusing the person's help where the the dad keeps like offering him like 
come and eat dinner with us. You return my child. I want to repay you. Let me, uh, let me give you some money so you can take a taxi or like can I do anything for you? And Bojack literally is like with, with this face of like genuinely like, no, like, like it's okay. I was just doing the right thing. And I just wanted to make sure that I brought this kid home, like refusing everything. And it's like, he, he genuinely is, is having this moment of like, no, of course I was just doing the right thing. And like, he's never selfless like that, but you also know that he genuinely is this good person somewhere underneath, even though he questions it constantly. And all of his friends tell him he's not, it's like, you know, you know that he, he, he is, it's this moment where you realize almost that just like he, he is he is more than just his his outer shell and maybe the fact that he can't talk is letting him express it better than his words ever really could and i just and then he like has this really sad moment of where he waves bye to the kid and the kid doesn't even remember him in the first place and he still is just like no i i know i did what was right and i'll take a taxi that i can't afford and be fine and then his note disappears and it's just terribly sad yeah. it's like you know that you know that he's he, he has the capacity to be better he just has to figure out how <laughs> and like maybe go to therapy that would probably help um fair scenes when he's on a tv show a TV <laughs> game show oh gosh <laughs> me the most and it attacked me in so many ways i, I know was it a so? Which one was up there? Daniel Radcliffe. He was the yeah. one that was up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so he kept saying, "For fifty thousand dollars, can you name who I am, or will we watch all this money burn?" <laughs> and they just kept asking him, and they gave him one chance, and he said, "You're Elijah Wood." On purpose, was, just to be a and jerk. He burned all that on purpose, despite because he couldn't remember his name. Even though he burned so much money, it was all for charity. He burned all that money, yeah, all that money yeah. for charity. <laughs> just, it was just so despite him, say, him, because Daniel Radcliffe couldn't remember Bojack's name. Yep, I'm not surprised that that's your favorite moment because I remember watching that with you and turning to you like that's the most Matt thing Bojack has ever done. He was so smug. He did it on. Yep. He, he did it completely <laughs> on purpose. That wasn't even a moment of weakness. That was just because he wanted to be a jerk. Nope. Yep. He didn't remember who he was. You're Elijah Wood. <laughs> Obviously. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for tuning into this slightly depressing episode, but it was, Borg- it was Bojack Horseman, so it was either going to be depressing, drunk, or both. Mr. Peanut Butter's too good a friend. Um, Bojack doesn't deserve him. Accurate. Mr. Peanut Butter's stupid. But he just wants He's such to a give good boy. love. He's a good boy. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter does not deserve all the shit that people throw at him. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. He means he means he so well. He's, he's just so good. He no one deserves yeah. him. But he's so no stupid. No one deserves him. Because he cares too he's much. He's like a okay, daddy. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a whole like another side story of yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, thank you so much, Jason, for coming on. Why don't you remind people what, where they can find you and your things? Thanks for having me. I've been waiting for this episode for, since I watched the show. <laughs> and was like, you should do an episode on this. It's a very important show. Um, it was already in the works. I. Matt's been talking about this since he watched the damn show. I know. Himself, <laughs> That's what he's, he's like, He was like, I about? want to, but let's wait till the new season. <laughs> um, Timeliness and all you that. You can find me online. 
at Latter, F-L-A-T-T-E-R underscore Y-O-U on Twitter, where I sometimes will say funny things. You can also find me on RetrosApp.com, writing about 80s movies and every Marvel comic ever written and video games. And that's not a hyperbole. He's really writing about every... Um, I'm currently (laughs) in 1983, doing my darndest. And uh, I used to have a podcast called Holy Star Wars, if you want to want to check it out and that's fun times it's not about religion it's about star wars though and mythology and morality and yeah that's me as always you can find the podcast at but why though pc please make sure if you haven't already to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast itunes it's like the best thing you can do for us as a show gets more people to us and make sure that you uh check out our giveaway for two op live tickets and i am kate thank you i don't know how to edit uh, exit this because i i forgot Um, and you can uh that's the end those are the credits rolled bye Uh, you can find me at Oma with Randier. <laughs> Adrian. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperEase93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93. And if you need to pick me up after this very depressing episode, head over to Patreon and listen to our Little Prince episodes. It's a lot more happy, uh, just in case you need like a, an Is upper. Is it though? I think so. I mean, it's cuter. We're not talking yeah. about dementia, so it's like automatically happier. <laughs> yeah, it's automatically not Kate on the point exactly. of tears. Matt? You can find me on my giant yacht in the middle of the desert. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> Back in the 90s, I was on a very famous TV show.